What was something you thought was grossly exaggerated until it happened to you? General anesthesia. Three, two, one, and suddenly I'm being moved to the recovery room. I always thought it was kind of cool how a six-hour surgery can feel like two seconds when under anesthesia. The only time I was old enough to remember going under general anesthesia was to get my wisdom teeth out a few years ago. I was freaking out and one nurse had to console me as I was getting the substances put in my system. I started to feel it and it made everything feel better, kind of like the initial effect of morphine, and I remember doing a little dance on the chair and going, yeah, let's get this party started. And then it was two hours later and it was over. I always thought I could fight it. You cannot fight it. This was the scariest thing. I'd always imagined it would be like being asleep or being passed out, where you wouldn't feel anything or even be aware of sensory stimulation, but you would at least have some sense that time was passing. Nope, it's like a light switch. Off. On. Kidney stones. They're for real. I was out of the country and on an excursion, if you will. Actually, when I felt something weird about three inches up and to the right of my belly button. I didn't have back pains until later. When I got back into town, the pain had gotten a little worse and I thought nothing of it. The next day I woke up and it was more sharp pain, so I went to the local hospital and they did a sonogram to check me out. Spleen, appendix, and whatever else they checked for came back fine. They gave me some Vicodin and sent me on my way. I took these daily and was okay, but every once in a while I took a jolt which nearly brought me to my knees, but then went away. Fast forward to coming home. Was on the plane back and started having sharp pains again. Went to the restroom and peed what looked like cranberry juice. Had a small panic attack and went back to my seat and took the Vicodin. Still had six hours of flight time left. Was freaking out the whole way home. Back in the States, I went straight to the hospital and they couldn't figure it out. Told them about the sono and no kidney infection. I could see the concerned look on my doctor's face. So they did a CT scan. A couple of hours later, my doctor calls, I have good news. It's only kidney stones. My initial reaction was, frick, if that's good news, what did you think was wrong with me? Anyway, the report came back TMC. Too many to count. I had hundreds all over my kidney, but had a 9mm one stuck in my ureter. That night it moved and I was laying on the bathroom floor throwing up and couldn't move because of the pain. I thought I was dying. Worst pain I could physically ever be in. My father had to come pick me up off the floor and take me to the hospital in the back of his Taho. They performed a lithotripsy, which isn't a walk in the park either. And went home that afternoon after passing three stones and who knows how many blood clots from the procedure. Since then I've passed two more that were small but still painful. I've not yet had these up to this point in my life and I live in eternal fear. Let's see how we go. Getting older. Aches, pains, less energy, more responsibilities. Never thought it would happen to me. In a similar vein, how much time speeds up as you get older. I'm 40 in a few months. This year it felt like it went January, February, April, December. Oh god, you're telling me. Seriously, where the frick did 2014 go? Also, 2013 for that matter. I feel like it should still be 2012 to be honest. Sunburns. I'm a brown guy and honestly, I thought my white friends were being dramatic about their sunburns. Then I decided to go fishing for six hours without any sunscreen. Oh yeah, sunburns suck. Dude, one time I got so sunburned I couldn't wear clothes for three days. I had to ask friends to bring food to my place because I couldn't go outside without clothes. When I woke up, the creases of the sheets would be imprinted onto my dry skin for hours. The very touch of air hurt my skin. It was one of the most painful experiences in my life. I developed a whole galaxy of freckles on my shoulders overnight. I came this close to skin cancer, I swear. I thought people who called in sick or whatever when they threw out their backs were sissies. Then I threw out my back. Holy heck, it hurt to do pretty much anything. I threw out my back and had bronchitis at the same time. The only time I truly wanted to die. 
At the ripe old age of 19, I started throwing my back out two to three times a year due to a congenital back problem. Thanks, genetics. I still brace myself every time I have to cough or sneeze, whether I'm having a good day or not. There's nothing quite like the hot, stabbing pain that radiates down through your legs and out the bottom of your heels. My dad threw out his trumpeting once. I didn't know whether to laugh or feel bad for him. Insomnia Not being able to sleep is fricking maddening. When I was younger, I thought there was no way this could actually be a serious problem. I was wrong. Welcome to my world. What is even worse is if your significant other totally sleeps fine. Ugh. Watching someone else sleep like a little lamb while you're exhausted and still awake is infuriating. That was me every time I had a sleepover. Like, how the frick did you fall asleep in five minutes? Then I'm awake for another hour or two just thinking about how much I want to strangle everyone who can fall asleep in under two hours. Black ice. I had a suspicion it was mostly something people blamed for careless driving. Then I finally ran into some. Didn't crash or anything, but honestly thought my brakes failed until I parked, stepped out of the car, and nearly fell from the slipperiness. Black ice is some scary crap. Last year, some poor woman launched her car off an overpass after hitting black ice. I pass under this bridge on my daily commute, and it's about a 50-foot drop. She actually walked away from the crash, so she was okay. But my gosh, can you imagine? I would have been dead anyway from the heart attack. On a related note, snow tires. I moved from Arizona to Montana in December. I'm not a very smart person. My dad told me to buy snow tires before departing, but I couldn't find any in Arizona, oddly enough, and concluded my all-seasons would be fine. I read a bunch of tutorials about driving on ice before taking off, and I got really good at pumping my brakes about halfway through Utah. Finally, in Idaho, I gave up and decided to try snow tires. I thought it would be a waste of money and wouldn't make a difference. I was wrong. As soon as the snow tires were on, I suddenly had full control of my car again. In conclusion, my dad was right. I always thought hearing adults talk about their nieces and nephews like they were such a huge part of their lives was stupid. I barely know any of my aunts or uncles or cousins or whatever, so it always seems like they were just playing the niece card to make it seem like they have more responsibilities than they really do. Now, I still don't have any nieces or nephews, but my mum married a guy with a pregnant ex-wife when I was 15, and I tell you, that kid is my girl. I've changed my entire lifestyle, my opinions, and how I treat others and the future because of the responsibility I feel Towards being there for her and setting a good example, I love her to death. I want to be a role model and live my life in a way that she can be proud of one day. I never realized what it felt like to watch a little baby grow up into a brilliant kid, or how important a child can be in your life even if they're not yours. And she's not even my blood. I get it now. Falling in love. Lemony Snicket sums it up perfectly. One of the remarkable things about love is that despite very irritating people writing poems and songs about how pleasant it is, it really is quite pleasant. The day some sappy love song comes on and you're like, yeah, I get what they're talking about. How painful a badly cramping muscle is. I didn't buy it, then I had one when swimming one day, and I actually thought I was going to drown. My wake-up call one morning was a double hamstring plus a calf cramp. I don't know the odds of that happening, but my gosh, it was terrible. Eat a frickin' banana. All y'all motherfrickers need potassium. Vertigo. Oh my gosh, it's a nightmare. It really is. The first time I got it, it completely blindsided me. First thing in the morning, I opened my eyes and the horizon became vertical, which would have been amazing if I didn't feel like crap a millisecond later. Becoming dizzy really doesn't do vertigo justice. I literally watched the world rotate 90 degrees. Then I just had to wait until it stopped. Sleep paralysis. It's like my eyes were awake, but my brain was still asleep. I couldn't move my body. I couldn't breathe. The harder I tried to regain my breath, the harder it was to breathe. 
I knew it was pitch black in my room, but it was like everything was strobing colors, like dark, very deep colors, and there was a deep ringing in my ears. It only happened to me once, and it was terrifying. Sleep paralysis is the worst. The first time it happened to me, I had no clue what was going on, and I remember thinking I was dead, and I remember trying to scream, but couldn't. And the more I struggled to move or scream, the worse it felt. I've had it happen a few times since then, and since now I know what it is, I honestly just lay there until it passes. My sister was in a car accident over 15 years ago and still freaks out when a car gets too close. I thought it was just her being stupid until I was hit by a drunk driver. Now whenever I'm a passenger, I get really nervous and freak out if someone doesn't look like they're going to stop or like they're going to hit us. A panic attack. The movies show it as an almost humorous exaggeration of the severity, or so I thought, and then it happened to me. I realized those movies were absolutely horrible. Yeah, the panic attacks in the show Ted Lasso are actually about some of the most real depictions of this kind of event that I've seen in media so far. They are harrowing. Also, if you haven't watched Ted Lasso, watch Ted Lasso. How hard it really is to just find a job, let alone one that pays for you to have a comfortable life. Wait, it gets worse. You'll soon find out that a lot of the people that have those jobs are lazy, incompetent fricks who for some reason or another are immune from being fired. Especially now that you have to apply online everywhere. I was spending at least 15 hours online a week for months, filling out tedious applications while my savings dwindled. One day my mum says, If you spend half as much time looking for a job as you did on that computer, oh man, I lost my freaking mind. I explained it, but to this day she doesn't get it. Even when I found work, I had two jobs where it ended up costing me money to even show up, and I had one where I was just barely breaking even, not to mention 20 or so interviews of we'll call you and all that freaking bullcrap, wasting my gas driving all the way wherever, getting all dressed up and doing the I'll suck whatever you want me to suck dance. Frick that crap. If I'm ever unemployed again, I'll use my last chunk of cash to hire a hitman to perforate my trachea with a rusty screwdriver. I hate when people who've not had to do a job search or even been in the workforce for 15 years try to give you advice for finding a job. You just want to shake them and yell, it isn't like that anymore. The whole system is different. The advice you're giving me is outdated and basically worthless. Bad period cramps. For those who don't know, cramps can vary in pain level with age. When I was younger, I thought I just had awesome pain tolerance or that cramps really weren't that bad, as I've had a lot of painful experiences. Broken bones, chronic migraines, tears, sprains, strains, slips, the lot, and been okay. Then it all went to heck. For one day a month, I'm literally in too much pain to stand up straight. I have to stamp my feet on the floor to keep from crying out if I'm for some reason able to get myself vertical and my feet to the floor. If I'm lucky enough to have the day off, I curl up around the toilet and just cry because I'm in so much pain, I want to throw up. But since throwing up won't make me feel better, I just lay there hugging Ralph the big white phone for moral support. It's so painful I can't think. It's easily at the same pain level as a bad migraine or throwing my back out, both of which I've experienced. Holy frick, ouch. The kind of depression that makes it physically impossible to pull yourself out of bed in the morning. Putting down a pet. I held my best friend of 13 years' head in my hands as he slowly slipped away from me. It's been weeks and I still can't get past it. I've lost people I'm close to and it didn't touch how hard this was. He wasn't just a dog, he was a family member. My cuddle buddy who slept in my bed with me every night from the time he was a puppy. I don't want another dog ever again. I just want my boy back. I would give up anything I have or ever will have to have him back. I miss you and I love you, Link. 
Toxic relationships. I always got mad at my cousin for not leaving a guy who horribly mistreated her, and then got into a similar relationship and it was really hard to get out. People are also unsympathetic to child mistreatment that spills over into adulthood. People always say, you should have moved out earlier, or even worse, they're your family, you should forgive them for what happened in the past. No, it still happens whenever I see them. I won't forgive a life of mistreatment. No one would say anything like that to someone who'd escaped a terrible partner. My mother had complete control over me and had even raised me to think she could read my mind at all times. It sounds stupid now, but when that's all you've ever known, it can be difficult to change the way you think. I never misbehaved as a teen, yet I was always a problem child, and my mother still tells the story of my life in terms of my anger issues and attitude problems. I wasn't allowed to go out even when I was 20. I wasn't allowed to work at all, to the point where I'm now panicking almost nightly about getting a job. I was yelled at, hit, and subtly insulted to the point where I have no confidence in anything I do, even though objectively I know I'm capable of dealing with a lot. I have nightmares most nights about being trapped back at home. I get really jumpy when I travel alone because I was actively taught that women like me get taken advantage of for being stupid enough to go out without other people for protection. It really hurts too when people expect 20 years of horrible treatment to be fixed by two years with lower contact with the one who mistreated me. My friends get mad at me for being overly sensitive when they tease me jokingly. I was traumatized with similar techniques. It would just be nice if more people around me understood what it's like. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The pain of getting cheated on, consequently realizing you can't trust a person who you've given your heart to. I thought it was so dramatic and a call for attention when I heard other people complain about relationship problems. Little did I realize it was literally like a knife stabbing you in the chest. This. When I found out my ex was cheating on me and got one of the girls, there were multiple girls, pregnant, I literally collapsed on the floor in the middle of my dorm room. I have never and will never ball again like I did then. I cried every day, multiple times a day. People would say the usual, hey, how are you? And I would lose it. Never have experienced pain like that. My first girlfriend who I was with for almost two years cheated on me and that crap cuts you up way worse and in so many more ways than you're led to believe. There's the obvious feeling of betrayal and then there's everything it does to your confidence and the fact that you feel like you can never trust anyone ever again, not just a significant other, but also friends you could have known. And then there's more deep-rooted crap like how emasculating it is or what people who knew it had happened before you did must have thought about you. And then you're going to start going around in circles feeling like a bad person because all you care about is your place as a man and so on and so forth. My ex actually introduced me to the guy she cheated on me with between the time it happened and the time that I found out. Even the slightest thought of what he must have thought of me at that point makes me want to flip my crap. Never cheat and never be the person that someone cheats on someone with. That crap doesn't just cut you up, it changes you for life. How loud small arms are. I knew intellectually that they were noisy, but unconsciously assumed they were a movie or video game volume. Went to a firing range and shot a variety of them. Even with ear protection, they still feel overpoweringly loud, and it's clear as day you'd damage your hearing if you fired them without taking any safety precautions. Can't look at most movie gunfights the same again. Also, I had earplugs in and those gun range earmuffs over the top. Also, how hard it is to hit anything, especially with a smaller weapon like a GAT. 
You think you're properly aiming down the sights, then you fire, there's a big flash and it kicks back in your hand, and you look at the target and realize you are way off. And that's taking your time in a controlled environment. I couldn't imagine trying to be accurate under pressure while trying to hit a small moving target, not without a crap load of training. Yep, being at an indoor range is one of the most disorienting experiences a man or woman can subject themselves to. I'm pretty sure that even with the proper protection, all regular patrons must need hearing aids later in life. Just Texas. Alright, I'm being a smart aleck, but I'm also being very truthful. I've lived in a number of different places because I was a military brat and a vagabond, and I've encountered a hell of a number of different people. As an adult, moving to Texas surprised me. I thought I'd find it had been exaggerated. But the appetites, the personalities, the pride, all of it are bigger in Texas. They freaking love their state. The pain you feel when and after eating a ghost pepper. I thought people on YouTube were just exaggerating to get views. I have an Indian flatmate who cooks with those. She must be immune because the other day I came in after work and suddenly it was like I'd walked into a cloud of napalm. I was on my knees coughing and crying and she just looked down from the pan and rolled her eyes. It's not that bad. I thought I was going to die. Obsessive Compulsive Disorder I remember as a kid watching one of those MTV True Life documentaries about people with OCD and thinking about how ridiculous it was. I mean, why can't these people just not wash their hands 50 times a day? Why can't they just lock the door once and be done with it? A few years later, when I was around 16, I started to develop some strange habits. For instance, if I heard even just one second of any song on my iPod, I would have to listen to the rest of the song in its entirety, down to the last second. So if said song ended and I didn't get my iPod paused before the next song started, I would have to listen to that song in its entirety. These were the first signs of horrible things to come. Over the next five years or so, my OCD manifested into almost every facet of my life in different ways. The compulsions would get more and more complex to the point where I would spend hours trying to fix it. Life was miserable and every day was a challenge. I could go on all day about the different compulsions and manifestations, but this is already the longest post I've ever made. I did get better for the most part, it's not ruining my life anymore and it's pretty dormant most of the time, but every now and then it creeps up and tries to bite me. I've learned to fight it pretty well though. The happiness of a stable, healthy, loving long-term relationship. I wish this were higher up in the list. My significant other and I periodically ask each other, when does it get hard? Because we're both from dysfunctional families. We've both accomplished so much because we support each other in a way I didn't know was possible. The nights we check out of adulthood to make pillow forts and eat ice cream for dinner make me feel like we're in Calvin and Hobbes. I've been told by cynical people, oh, you're still in the honeymoon phase? You'll start having fights soon. Like we're just too dumb to get into fights yet. We've been married 6.5 years exactly today, and we've been living together for more than 9 years. I think if we were going to start fighting, we'd have done it by now. Literally not a single fight in that entire time. Not to me, but to a very close friend, getting taken advantage of on a date. She simply wasn't the same person anymore. She went into a shell and refused to even seek help. It took almost two years of convincing her to take her to a therapist, and three years after that for her to almost come back to her old self. But even now, she refuses to trust men. Getting a bad, we're talking second or third degree, burn. I've broken three bones, gotten a multitude of concussions, had surgery, and much more, but when I got second and third degree burns on my chest, nothing compared. The pain is unending and you can't escape it. You know in movies when that scary monster or psycho murderer is coming for a character and they just freeze in their tracks? You start yelling at the screen, Run away, moron! Yeah, well, that totally happens if you get scared enough. Your whole body just freezes to the spot even when you desperately want to run. 
It's horrible. Walking home from the bus in middle school, I had to pass this enormous Rottweiler that lived in a small yard enclosed in a three-foot fence. Not nearly enough to keep it in. The dog would bark furiously from the moment it saw me until I went out of sight. I was terrified every day. I generally liked dogs, but there was no question that this one could maul me. Well, the inevitable happened and it jumped the fence. I tried to scream, tried to run, but couldn't do anything but cry. It was awful. I couldn't attract anyone's attention or help myself. I felt so scared and alone. Like you, I always thought it would be easy to get myself out of danger. It's not. Lucky for me, the Rottweiler wanted to only lick my hands and get a little pat. But man, was I scared. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories, linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot, linked in the description too. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.